You cannot be serious. You just, you just maced him. You just maced him. You just maced him and their food because you disagree. Don't worry, I'm videotaping. That is not okay. Not okay. What's wrong with you, lady? That is wrong. This is her car. Somebody. Don't worry, I got it. You weren't defending yourself, lady, and I've got this. Crazy old broad pepper sprays a couple of folks eating lunch at a picnic table outside a dog park because they didn't have masks on. Mm. Well, she's Very actually nice. crazy. Right. Hey, we need to isolate that clip where the gal says, what's the matter with you, lady? Or whatever she says, well, we can use That's that pretty good. going forward. Yeah. Hey, I had one more thing on the debates, which uh, a number of people see as Trump's, in, unless something else happens, only scheduled hope. To, like, change the narrative of this. I think that's a little overwrought, but... Uh, well, I don't think so. Uh, uh, scheduled? What? What is scheduled that's going to change the narrative of this? Well, uh, change. I can see an, uh, change is scheduled. The inevitable is a scheduled. Oh, okay. Stuff that's will of, happen. That's a bit of a uh, rhetorical game, but yes. The, the unexpected things will happen, and right. they might they might be right. good for Trump. But Yeah. We, we have a, a number of listeners concerned that you have... Uh, that, that you're uh, just saying Trump will lose. And I don't think if that's If I had clear. to bet right now, I'd bet you $1,000 he loses. But you don't have to bet right now because this is America. We don't I, have compulsory I'll gambling. Never, I'll never understand people who are afraid of predicting something. <laughs> like it, you're going to make it happen or something. <laughs> well, what is that? that you? Well, that, you're depressing voter turnout with your discouraging talk. You're trying to poison the well. Or something. Uh, the, the, the Karl Rove approach, where you twist the numbers however you can and dig into polls and explain why they're wrong. And this is why Mitt Romney is going to is actually going to win. Right. And it's just, I almost dropped, I actually said the word. And it's say just it, complete it. bull ass. Yeah. It's just lying to people, and people feel better. Oh, good. Karl Rove says there is a chance. Okay, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. Fantastic, but right now Trump is as far behind as anybody has been in 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 history, in modern history, in polling. And polling hasn't been around that long. But in history, the only time anybody's been this far behind is Bob Dole, and he got killed. It's just something major is going to have to change mm-hmm. for Trump to win. The debates could be it. But yes. here's one mistake I think that is happening. Um, Trump had a great strategy with the whole Hillary Clinton thing, and the media went along with it, and and it's all about expectations. Hillary was the expert. She's a genius. She knows everything. She's been in high-profile debates her entire life. Trump is the newbie. I've never done this before. You know, I don't know how I'm going to do. She's an expert. She's been doing this her whole life. This is new to me. Expectations were so low for Trump and so high for Hillary going into the debates. If he performed even okay, which he was better than that, mm-hmm. um, it's huge for him. The opposite is happening this time. Trump is playing it up that Biden can barely walk out on the stage without a diaper. <laughs> Trump is daily talking about how Biden doesn't even know who he is. Right. You know, the first time he's depressed, he's going to be Ooh. laying on the ground crying for mommy. Yeah. I think all Biden's going to have to do is come out and not fall apart, and he'll have met easily met the expectations that were laid out there and he'll be fine you don't want to have the expectations be oh he's so his dementia is so bad (laughs) yeah you're right 
You're right, because the last couple of speeches the old man gave, speeches he gave from his basement, were, were pretty coherent. And part of that was the expectations game with me. I mean, yeah. I, I'd, I'd built up in my own right. mind that his dementia was so bad. Gonna go with Venezuela and oh, record right. players and cracker croakers and whatever else. And he doesn't have Corn to be pop. great. He only has to not sound like a crazy person yeah. to, to, to reach the pass-fail mark. Yeah, yep, yep. Counterpoint from BJ, shut up, Jack. <laughs> According to the current polls, Jack believes Trump will get slaughtered by Biden. Please remind us how your truck tasted after you promised to eat it if Trump won. <laughs> I made that promise. That was just about the Republican nomination. Yeah, and yeah. I made that promise before he ever even ran. Uh, is that right? Oh, yeah, long before he ever ran. When the rumors were really uh, hot that he was going to Well, run. the rumors were hot that he was going to run yeah. every cycle for the last 20 years. And I said, if he gets the nomination, I'd eat my truck. Why do people even pretend this is a thing? And obviously, I was wrong, along with everybody else. Right. But right. this this is this is science and data. Look at the polls. Ah, come on. They New York Times said worked. 90% Hillary wins a week before the election. You and your data and your polls. I don't believe Which polls? Them. All of them. Okay. We go with facts, not science or data <laughs> and not facts or whatever the heck was he said. Well, I hope they're wrong, but I don't think they are. Yeah, well. He's way farther behind than he was against Hillary. Way farther behind. And then in the, the swing states, it's completely different. Yeah, well. Now, what I think. The world is different. Everything's different. Everything is different. That yeah. is absolutely true. That's one of the best things he's got going for him is that this is so different a time. You're looking at those polls from 96 and 92 and two. Wow. It's such a different time we live in now. Yeah. And I heard a Rahm Emanuel said yesterday, it's guaranteed he's going to lose the popular vote. I haven't looked at it that way, but that's quite possibly true in that your states like New York and California, you know, are going to be so overwhelmingly uh, Biden that, you know, the raw number Trump will lose. But right. that that's interesting. Two of the last three presidents have lost the popular vote and become president. Two mm-hmm. of the last three. That might become the norm for Republicans. Yeah. Yep. That if a Republican wins, they almost certainly will lose the popular vote, but end up being president. Right. We were talking earlier in the show about this scenario played out by one of our clever listeners, wherein uh, people begin to vote with their feet even more aggressively um, in terms of, you know, your your big blue urban centers. Anybody of moderate to conservative beliefs will leave them and go somewhere else. Get your feet off my voting machine. I need to use that after you. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> What's wrong with you, lady? No, they won't. <laughs> they won't actually vote with their feet. She's voting a, with their gnarly feet. It's an expression that, uh, that means they will actually go somewhere else. And that as we become more geographically, uh, politically, you know, separate from each other, uh, there will be a move way left on the coasts, eventual bankruptcy. Uh, we're already seeing that in your blue states, Illinois, uh, racing California for the honor, you know, that sort of thing. And then the red states, which will be very, very red, will say, we're not paying for that. And we'll refuse to pay taxes. And the state police, the... Uh, the National Guard in that state, uh, the the gun-toting rednecks, and these are my friends, um, will say, no, we're, we're not paying taxes, and if the IRS tries to come to get them, we're going to shoot you. Uh, there is a danger of us going in that direction. So uh, 99 days <clears throat> out is the so, only and reason. I'm sorry, to complete the thought, so then uh, east of, uh, of, of uh, I-95 and west of I-5, you're going to have everybody vote blue, and the popular vote is going to look overwhelming, 
in the direction of the, de- sure. the Democrat. Sure. But there'd be a good, solid electoral college win by a Republican, at least for now, until uh, Texas goes blue and Arizona and Florida. Yesterday was 100 days out, and because, like Ian Bremmer said, we uh, we we have a base 10 numerical system, so <laughs> 100 sounds exciting. Uh, and so all the, the cable news shows and the, the, the Sunday shows, we're talking about who's going to win and why and all that sort of stuff. One thing I don't buy, uh, I, I, I don't buy this, the people are afraid to tell poster stuff. I just don't buy that. I just don't believe that that's a significant thing, hmm. that people are afraid to tell posters. But I do believe this. I do believe that there's a chunk of people that think they won't vote for Trump, and when it comes down to it, they will. Yes. I think that's a bigger number than than anybody in the media realizes. I agree completely. I know so many Trump fans who can't stand his personal manner and think, why do you do it? Why do you say that? Why do you keep screwing it up when I love your policies, love the judges, et cetera? And, and you're mad, and you think, that's it. I can't, I can't support him anymore. I know multiple people... So like, I. I I have so much trouble hanging with Trump anymore. But then when it comes to pulling the lever or mailing in the form or whatever you do these days in the and election. And listen to the cable news host gloat about getting Trump out. Yeah, you're gonna, like, ah, screw you. You're going to put your foot up on the voting panel and vote with your feet. <laughs> Take off your socks and shoes and put your sweaty foot up there and vote with your feet. <laughs> What's no, wrong with you, lady? But they will, they will go uh, with Trump. And I just—I could easily the, see that feet voters, <laughs> feet voters, hand voters, the uh, rare uh, mouth voter. Who knows? the The poll thing—I don't know. I believe there are a significant number of people who troll pollsters. They intentionally give them. Oh, an I, answer I don't doubt that. It's not their uh, you know, sincere feelings. I only know my own personality. I don't know what it's like to be in anybody else's head. I can't imagine being afraid to tell a pollster anybody anything. No. I just can't even. I can't even get in that headspace. No, but an anonymous poll over the phone, or however they're doing it, and I'm afraid to tell them. I just. I know okay. lots of people who have so little confidence. They they will tell the pollster what they think they want to. Hear. Is that the same crowd that's afraid to? They have to have somebody else call to order the pizza. Just to a large extent. Yeah. And I know people like that. I My know, wife is like that. I know I've good. About that. I know good successful. Managed fine in life people who right. can't call to order the food. Right. Well, there, you know, the, what is it? There's, there's probably a spectrum psychologists have that um, you go from from utter fear to confidence to belligerence, and a lot of people are way down on that lack of confidence scale. They'll think if I say I'm for Trump, I'm going to get yelled at, and they won't. Hmm. But they'll vote for him. And I don't know how many of they are or how that affects the polls, but it affects it. Turnout is the key. Oh, yeah. Yep. As we've said many times and we'll continue to, it's not about persuading anybody at this point. It's about turnout. I can see the headline the next day if Trump won. That would be that would be it. You got to run a candidate people want. You can't <laughs> run a candidate that they're just they're trying to vote the other guy out. Right. And right. That, the history of elections is that doesn't work. You have, to have, you have to be voting for something as opposed to against something. Will you have actual cable news talking head suicides? When Katy Trump... Perry is crying. Cher is crying. <laughs> Morning Joe has pooped his pants. He's <laughs> completely lost control of his body functions. <laughs> Mika's despondent. Uh-huh. She's just hanging in the back of the set. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's dark. Well, well, you'd hate to see that. 
pretty little thing like her. Anyway, uh, luckily, uh, we're going to have a poll, everybody, on November the 3rd. Yeah. And then we'll know the result, and we can stop arguing about it. Then we'll it. all go downtown to our favorite, wherever town we live in, and smash all the windows, regardless of the result. How do you like this headline? Florida is a case study in media-induced COVID-19 panic. It's good stuff. You got to hear the letter that the Seattle police wrote to business owners in Seattle. Oh, it's quite amazing. Oh, boy. That and more coming up. Armstrong and Getty. Bob Dole listens to Armstrong and Getty. Says who? Bob Dole says who? Thank you for that, Michael. Um, so they're arguing in uh, Washington, D.C. about uh, more, I was going to say handouts, but that's got, that's pejorative, uh, stimulus, relief. Right. Relief yeah, is that's the word a good word. word. Relief is the word they want to give. Yes. Anyway, uh, so the $600 a week checks that a lot of people were getting come to an end this Friday. According to a study by the University of Chicago, for 68% of people, that's more than they make at their job. So more than two-thirds of the people getting the $600 a week check are making more money off that check than they did from their job. Wow. So that's the highest-paying job they've had for a while. Not working. In some cases, maybe ever. But uh, So you'd have to take that money away to make them go back to work, I guess. Yes. Well, part of the Republican plan is you get 70% of what you were making before. So enough to keep you afloat, but, uh, you know, as they say, a, a safety net, not a hammock. Seems sensible to me. We'll see. Florida is a case study in media-induced COVID-19 panic. What do all these news accounts have in common? Florida sets yet another coronavirus record, 173 deaths in a day. A record, 173 Floridians died from the virus Thursday, an average of more than one every eight minutes. The new 134 confirmed deaths, second largest increase on record, coming five days after the largest one-day jump of 156. Blah, blah, blah. And they give a couple more examples. What do what characteristic do all these reports share? They're all false. It is, what? It is not true that 173 people died from COVID-19 in a day in Florida, nor did 134, 156 on previous days. It is also untrue that 2013 had died in July when that story was published. All of these scary headlines are based on the number of deaths reported by the state on any given day. This is not the same as the number of deaths that occurred on those days. The difference might seem trivial, writes, uh, what's this guy's name? I don't know. It's in uh, Issues and Insights. Um, it, but it's crucial because the press is using the timing of Florida's death reports to whip up a frenzy about COVID-19 running riot in the state. And they have a chart that's a little difficult to explain, but it's... Uh, the day deaths were reported by Florida and the day these deaths actually occurred. Um, and they did not coincide. In fact, the vast majority of them occurred days or even weeks before. Um, there's a delay in reporting deaths, and sometimes they go around and, and nail down all over a big, giant state. Okay, that, so uh, Granny Jones, it turns out she was a COVID death? Okay, all right. And, you know, again, we get into the died with COVID as opposed to died of COVID. But so Granny Jones, 10 days after she dies, is reported on Saturday as a COVID death. 
And they happened to do a big roundup of those over several days. And so sure. it appeared to be a skyrocketing number of deaths. Um, from what I understand, you have hospitals where, for whatever reason, the person that's in charge of reporting that out, you know, gets right on it every day. Then you got another person who doesn't get around to it until Wednesday and adds the first two days together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, this is only one of the problems with the death counts being shouted from the media rooftops. Again, Florida serves as a model of how to sow fear. Here's the missing context. When 100, while 173 deaths reported in a single day sounds like a lot, it pales in comparison to the peak reached in New York and New Jersey earlier this spring. New York's reported deaths topped 1,000 on more than one day in April. That's a state with 9% fewer people than in Florida. New Jersey's peak, 523. Um, and then uh, and then they get into deaths per million of people. But remember, over 1,000 a couple of times in well, New York. It's been 100 and some in Florida. Well, and then the cases thing has uh, something to do with testing, because we have a lot more testing now than we had earlier. When uh, New York New York had 400,000 cases. Florida has had about 400,000 cases. But New York's had 32,000 deaths compared to Florida's 5,000 deaths. 32,000 to 5,000. It's not even close. And one more note from Florida, 45% of the deaths occurred, they involved residents and staff at long-term care facilities. Mm. Now, that's obviously a tragedy, and nobody wants it. We need to work to prevent it. But if you want to comprehend or you want to communicate the actual nature of the threat, you have to include that, unless you're trying to scare people for clicks. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hot dogs! Colossal hot dogs! Hot dogs here! Colossal hot dogs! It's not a ball game without a hot dog. Who wants a hot dog? Hot dog here! Hot dog! Colossal hot dog! So they just. Hot dogs! Hot dog! So they just played the audio of that? Yeah, they're using Tom Hanks as a, Tom Hanks is a hot dog vendor for A's games. Yeah, for the background audio with the crowd noise and the rest of it. Cardboard cutouts can't eat hot dogs. I'm skeptical. Eh. It was funny. Fox over the weekend. I watched a fair amount of baseball. They are they have the virtual crowds, the uh, CGI crowds mm-hmm. in the stands sometimes, but they still have the cardboard cutouts there. <laughs> Because I guess they're in the way or to create the CGI thing? Or? I think some teams are generating revenue by selling to fans. Hey, if you want well, your right. face yeah, on a that. thing, so maybe oh, they're so just... they don't want to blot yeah, it out with yeah. the CGI. Yeah, okay. The announcers are having a little fun with it to their credit. And the guy was saying, look at that. The CGI crowd really enjoying the ball game, but they're thinking, why do the cutouts get all the good seats? Because <laughs> they're right behind the plate. They're starting to resent it. This happened today. Iran has moved a mock aircraft carrier. What does that mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a ship that's made up to look like one of our aircraft carriers. Why do they do that? Why do they have one of those? Oh, to, to shoot missiles at it. They're going to use it for target okay. practice in the Persian Gulf okay. and make a big deal and show it on their TV to try to whip up their folks. Okay. Iran has moved a mock aircraft carrier to the, to the Strait of Hormuz. Amid heightened tensions between Tehran and the U.S. Satellite photographs show. So they're going to have a fake-looking U.S. aircraft carrier and then shoot at it? Gotcha. Right. Why do the Straits of Hormuz get all the credit and the gays of Hormuz are never mentioned? I know. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. The control room is... 
Oh, really? I, uh, never mind. The Associated Press uh, poll found that almost half of households with a layoff think their job is likely not coming back. Almost half. Almost half of people think, I'm never going to get to go back to work. We were talking about zombie corporations earlier. Zombie jobs. It's not clearly dead, but it's probably dead. Yikes. Yeah, I know. Or businesses, small businesses. I know a number of people in that situation where I think, are they ever coming back? I don't know. Yeah, I know. So many folks who just, they didn't have the, the cash in the bank to weather a storm like this. They'll never go back. If, you know, and, and, I think Americans' knowledge, kids' knowledge of how businesses work is cruelly undertaught. How many 15-year-olds could explain to you even roughly how a business works? Or the fact that... Well, you know how I feel about this. Ask them what the state capital of North Dakota is. They'll know that because they memorized the state capitals Right. for some reason. But if you were to ask somebody, all right, hair salon X... Can't do business for two months because of the uh, the COVID. Why would that business go under? Why would it go away forever? Why wouldn't they just wait and reopen? Because the kids have no concept of fixed costs, you know, rent, insurance, uh, taxes, the rest of it. They don't understand that you can't bleed money indefinitely. You just have to close it. I came across a good article over the weekend about how lawns are an, uh, a byproduct of settler colonialism and lawns are racist and need to go. Wow. And completely serious and being taken seriously by a lot of people. Settler colonialism is what lawns are. In other words, there is no notion, hmm, take two, there's no notion too ridiculous to be taken seriously. That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Your lawn is racist. You people are idiots. (laughs) You seriously are barely able to function. (laughs) Your ideology has made you such a numbskull. It's astounding you can feed yourself. There you go. That's hilarious. Judy and I are thinking of ripping up our lawn, ripping it out. And putting in what? Either uh, other sorts of landscaping or maybe even uh, grapevines. Kind of a nice look where we live. (laughs) Nice. A classic. Uh, yeah, uh, it's funny you bring that up and I get negative feeling. I get negative uh, chemicals going through my body now. What's that? As we were looking at pictures last night of our house or the, when the kids were younger and it was our house when we first moved in. And, and you see in the picture how great the lawn is Oh, compared yeah. to what it looks like now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it just it pains me a great deal. Yeah, yeah. I got to get back to trying to trap that mole that's tearing up our yard, too. I'm sorry. We got fabulous help from a pro in the business, and I just I tried it once. It malfunctioned a little, which usually happens the first time you try it, and I just haven't gone back to it. I, just, I don't feel like spending the time. I'm a man who craves leisure. <laughs> I'd have made a bad fur trapper back in the, the frontier days. Joe, you get us any beaver pelts today? Nah, I just haven't gotten back to it. Well, you know what motivated You're them. a trapper. What's that? They were hungry. Uh, yeah. Almost everybody throughout the history of mankind has done what they were going to do, either for sex or food. Yes. And if you have enough of those things, well, and entertainment wasn't on the list because you spent all your time trying to get sex or food. Right. Um, uh, if you have those things in abundance, 
it's pretty easy to not do anything. Well, although I will point out in my own defense, I'm plenty motivated to do this. Yeah. I just don't feel like trapping a mole. Well, this is how you get your food. Right. Showing up here. Now, if I could shoot it, I'd be into that. I would stay up all night with a scope, you know, the uh, the night vision, and I'd shoot the hell out of that thing. But, you know, digging down and setting a trap and hoping it works, it's too passive for me. That reminds me, my son wrapped up his uh, paintball camp week on Friday. I'm jealous. I want to go to a paintball camp. A whole week of paintball and uh, three hours every day. And I'd pick him up, and he'd be soaked in sweat and dirty. Oh, yeah. and so that's great. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's what I want, is him to get lots of exercise and activity and that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm happy that still exists. I'm a little surprised that it still exists, like where I live, and that it's not seen as too militaristic or violent or what with school shootings and whatnot. Because, I mean, they're really learning the art of you know, trapping somebody or, 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 you know, figuring out a way to shoot somebody. That's that They're learning it. Hey, uh, hey, Michael, play the door sound, would you? Hey, look, everybody, it's Progressive Joe. If I were progressive. I'm a little concerned about you teaching him militarism. Right. And aggression. Right. Toxic masculinity. Well, and using something that is, you know, very gun-like and learning how to use it effectively. I'm surprised I'd, that they'd say it's gun like it shoots a projectile. <laughs> That's about as gun like as you can get. Oh, do I love paintball? I'm too old now. I've never and done stiff it. and the rest of it, but you could do it because you're uh, you got kids you're chasing around. So, you're, um, oh my god, it's so much fun. I'm nimble and lithe. It, you know, it has just enough fear in it. That's one of the aspects of it. It hurts to get hit with those things, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's competition, it's strategy, it's all of your senses are super alive. That's the best part about it. Yeah, cool. It really makes you feel alive. That's the biggest difference between that and like laser tag, right? Like if I get hit in laser tag in one of these bowling alley style things, oh, it's a, it's a little inconvenient. My gun doesn't work for five seconds or whatever the the penalty is for getting shot in one of those things. But in paintball, that stings. Oh, <laughs> There's a physical ah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And he worst used... spot back of the hand. The neck. Ow! I caught one in the neck once. Oh, the neck hurts. Yeah, Yeah. I had uh, like a hoodie up and really tried to protect myself from that. First of all, I did the math on their operation. I don't know how many kids they had there, but it was a lot. At $150 a kid per week, uh, they're making some pretty decent cash there. Yeah, they're providing a heck of a good time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not anti, but I mean, that's a good business right there. Good for them. Um, And my son, when I picked him up, I said, how'd it go today? And And he used a term, and I can't remember what it was. I blanked a kid. Oh, blanked him. He'd shot me right in the face, so I tracked him down and blanked him. You see what I was talking about? It's a. It's a You've made him into a monster. It's a word for when you unload all your your entire gun on somebody. It's got a special. Barbaric. Word. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. He got shot in the face and felt a, a need for vengeance. So. Yeah, well, that's fine. Tell yeah, you what, absolutely. The, the uh, uh, progressive Joe's ancestors. Are probably wiped out. <laughs> oh, I, another thing I was going to mention, uh, actually, the reason I brought it up, is almost entirely boys. There are a couple of girls, mm. but out of, I don't know, 100-some people there, 98 boys and two girls. That's because you socialize them to be right. aggressive. Exactly, of course. It's not right. just boys are interested in that sort of thing naturally, and girls just aren't that interested in it naturally. Send them to dollhouse camp next week. <laughs> you can build a nice dollhouse. jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't like maybe to, escape your oppression. I don't know if I like to portray that as being the opposite of paintball camp, dollhouse camp. But. Well, actually, building dollhouses would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, just playing with dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Not the 
there's anything wrong with that. No. I mean, if your kid wants to play with dolls, sure. let them play with dolls. Um, but but the idea that, yeah, boys just want to run around shooting at each other because of the way they've been socialized is so funny to me. So hilarious. The only the only people who would ever say that are people who, A, have not raised any children, or B, are so blinded by their ideology they can't see what's plain in front of them. I've, I've read some funny stories about your hyper-enlightened parents who finally have to admit Johnny really wants a hammer and Jenny really wants a Barbie doll. Stop the hammering! <laughs> well, speaking of blinded by your ideology, Jonathan Turley, who we like around here, we think he's a very fair broker, law professor at George Washington University. His first sentence is, it's astonishing that the media refuses to see what is one of the biggest stories in decades. Wow. What is he talking about? Find out. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> dugout has been tossed and remember it was Gerard Dyson who had words with the home plate umpire and it may be the manager Derek Shelton now part of an argument is you got to put on your mask and stay socially distanced you can't get toe-to-toe in these arguments so the uh, ump arguing with well the, the manager arguing with the ump was a couple of guys standing at like double arm's length in masks and it seemed to lower the temperature. Well, more importantly, the Marlins of Florida got a couple of cases of corona on their team and have canceled their home opener. And because the, because the Marlins played the Yankees? They, they played the Phillies. Played the, the Phillies. Yeah. The Phillies-Yankees game is canceled tonight. And the New York Post has an article on how this whole thing might threaten the Major League Baseball season. I'd say we're four days in and two games have been canceled. It's, well, yeah, it's tough because you have the Players Association. But if I were the commissioner, I'd say, look, just because a couple of guys on the Marlins got the vid and the Phillies play them, it's extremely unlikely that the Phillies caught it. So let's go ahead. Let's test everybody again tonight and then play ball. But if you're going to use this standard, you could end up with multiple games a week canceled pretty quickly and easily. It's almost guaranteed. How are you going to make them all up? I mean, how are you going to fit them all in? A doubleheader, baby. Let's go. That's what I'm saying. I think it's unworkable. You'll end up with the whole thing crumbling. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, thought this was damned interesting. We like Jonathan Turley. He is a law professor at George Washington University. I think he is very fair. He is a um, uh, generally a Democrat and uh, supports Democrats for uh, for president. But he's a fair guy. It is astonishing that the media refuses to see what is one of the biggest stories in decades. The Obama administration targeted the campaign of the opposing party based on false evidence. goes on to make the point that when Trump said, I was spied on by the Obama administration, there was endless mocking of that, endless mocking of that statement, including last year when Attorney General William Barr told the Senate that he believed spying did occur. He was lambasted in the media, including by James Comey and others involved in that spying. The mocking wow response of the fired FBI director received extensive coverage, even Mm. though it is clearly true, as more documents came out last week. That's why Jonathan Turley's writing about it. There are more documents out that make it even more clear the Obama administration was spying on the incoming president. Uh, knowing that there were all kinds of problems 
that the uh, basis for the FISA application was dubious and likely false. False. The Obama administration went forward. But here's where it gets most interesting, because nobody cares about this. You can't make people care. It should be, as Jonathan Turley says, should be a huge story. Right. Should be a huge story. Nobody cares. But this might be important. You don't know. Obama and Biden were aware of the investigation, as were the administration officials who publicly ridiculed Trump when he said they were spying on his campaign. Um, Joe Biden has, I'll read, it, I'll read it as it was written, blah, 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 blah. Documents show Comey briefed President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden on the investigation shortly before the inauguration of Trump. When Comey admitted the communications between Flynn and Russian officials appeared legitimate, Biden reportedly suggested, using the Logan Act, a law widely seen as unconstitutional and it's never been used to successfully convict even a single person, as an alternative charge against Flynn. The memo contradicts eventual claims by Biden that he did not know about the Flynn investigation. Uh, remember, he said that just a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. that he didn't know about it. Then he backtracked. Then he backtracked a said, little. All I knew is it was happening. I knew nothing but specific. He, well, he, he, he knew enough suspect, specifics to suggest using one particular way of going about getting Flynn. So, you know, in a, in a normal time, he would be being, he'd be pressed with this last week. Mm-hmm. He'd be all day long, he'd be answering questions about that from somebody. Yeah. But he's not going to answer any questions. He's not going to have to answer any questions. If I were him, I wouldn't answer any questions. No, the resistance at the New York Times and the Washington Post, they declared how they were going to do their jobs. They were going to write to defeat Donald Trump, period. Jonathan Turley ends with this. Willful blindness has its advantages. The media covered the original leak in the collusion narrative despite mounting evidence that it was false. They filled hours of cable news shows and pages of print with a collusion story discredited by the FBI. Virtually none of these journalists or experts have acknowledged that the collusion leaks were proven false, let alone pursue the troubling implications of national security powers being used to target the political opponents of an administration. But in Washington, success often depends not on what you see, but what you can unsee. Hmm. That's some good stuff from Turley. It's, uh, you know, maybe I'm being naive. It's pretty disturbing that violations of not only law but ethics that egregious would be ignored by partisans. Seems shocking to me, but again, maybe I'm naive. We've now entered Final Thoughts with your host, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. He says it should be the story of the decade. It's not even the story of a morning on any given weekday. Nope. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He's pressing buttons in the control room. Michael, your final thought. It's going to take some practice, but i got a couple months. I'm going to try and vote this year with my feet, if possible. I I think I can at least get one leg up. You're missing the the meaning of the phrase. Positive Sean, our producer, final thought. Yes, uh, Major League Baseball has announced an emergency meeting today to discuss the Florida Marlins thing, because I guess this wasn't on their realm of things that could possibly happen. Um, Wow. I've been asking this since it was first considered. Of. What are you going to do if they didn't have a what will do if? Uh, they might have, but I don't. Emergency meeting called. Ladies and gentlemen, the new commissioner of Major League Baseball, Jack Armstrong. Well done. A final thought for the folks? I didn't get to this story. What happens to your body when you binge on pizza? I did binge on pizza over the weekend. Maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. One thing they did find out is that if you eat too much pizza, you will feel lethargic. <laughs> <laughs> I found that to be true. Oh. I ate way too much of everything over the weekend, including pizza. Whimsical scene. Yesterday, I'm floating in my pool. Hot day. 
I got my eyes closed. I opened my eyes. There is a big blue dragonfly on each of my big toes. Just just floating along there looking at me. And uh, I thought, ah, that's whimsical. I splashed a little water. They flew away. Then I thought, wait a minute. I went out and I Googled, do dragonflies bite? Turns out they do. Hmm. But not very hard and they won't break your skin. But it was, it was kind of, I thought, I'm at peace with the world here or something. Kid looked through the fence. Mommy, a whale with two dragonflies on it. Maybe they thought you were dead. <laughs> They're not like regular flies. Part of nature reclaiming. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. <laughs> Great article from Jason Whitlock. Just a blast at the BLM uh, organization and pro sports and the way they're reacting. All of our podcasts are there at armstrongandgetty.com. Buy yourself some fun swag, whatever. Yep, 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 the podcast. People love them, don't they, at armstrongandgetty.com? Oh, yeah, by the millions, by the billions. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you rephrase uh, what you're doing? What's wrong with you, lady? Armstrong and Getty.